0: Welcome to the Protectors Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Piccolo. Hey, this week's Protectors Podcast, I want to give a shout out to Burbiz, B-O-U-R-B-I-Z. What is Burbiz? Well, it is a networking event that is going to be happening next week at the MGM National Harbor. I'll be there with on what they call a podcast row. So this is kind of one of those like plugs for my podcast, but also for this organization. What Burbiz is, is, is a veterans resource support group. It's a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing professional and personal resources for veterans and their families. So next week, head over to MGM National Harbor, link up with me. I'll be doing some podcasts, and uh, there's going to be a whole bunch of resources for veterans and their spouses. So come on by next week. And now, welcome Shelly Klingerman from the Stiletto Agency to the Protectors Podcast. Hey, I'd like to welcome Shelly Klingerman to the Protectors Podcast. How's it going, Shelly?
1: Very good. Thank you.
0: We finally connected and I finally have you on. We've been like bouncing back and forth. It's just hectic schedules.
1: We have. You're busy and that's good.
0: Busy is good. Now you are busy as well. Author, you know, you have productions, you have all sorts of stuff going on. But the big reason I I had you on is you're really into like empowering women and like to protect themselves through your vigilance. I mean, it's really cool. Can we talk about that?
1: Yes, please. So, um, you know, um, my background, and I've been asked, like, why did you do this? And my background is I was in corporate America for 18 years, and I started traveling really quite at a young age. And going through the years of traveling and becoming more aware and more savvy as I've gotten older, I look back and I realize how really incredibly naive I was. And how often I put myself in situations that I got by on luck, but the world today, sometimes that is not the best place to put your bet is with luck. So why not take the opportunity to educate yourself and empower yourself with the knowledge that gives you the courage to act in whatever the situation that we find ourselves in. And in and, and looking back, I was not prepared whatsoever to do that. So um, that was a little bit of the motivation for wanting to do this book.
0: Now, one one thing I like about your book, it's the title. It's called Vigilance, The Savvy Woman's Guide to Personal Safety, Self-Protection Measures, and Countermeasures. Because that's a lot of things people don't realize is that, you know, it's not just reacting to the threat when it gets to you. It's everything that goes into it.
1: Yeah, and we really try to focus on pre-acting so you don't find yourself in the the situation of having to react. So pre-acting is identifying maybe areas that you need to stay away from, doing a little bit of homework to find out what's going on in the area that you're going to. Um, recognizing signs and signals and behaviors that maybe you just want to avoid altogether. So it's a lot about that preacting that you were mentioning, instead of having to be in a situation where you react, and then revert to the, you know, in the moment of the crisis, you're going to revert to the level of your training. And so many women have never even thought about it, because we like to live in this, world where everyone is nice and we don't want to be mean to anyone and nothing's going to happen to us. And it's just super unfortunate um, that that is just not going to always be the case. So why not take the time and the opportunity to prepare yourself and hopefully it will be the most useless information you ever know that you'll have it if you need it.
0: Well, you bring up a good point as a lot of people are living in this bubble and you're not trying to scare them into be like, Oh my gosh, you know, the boogeyman's out there and he's gonna get you. It's just getting out there and a lot of times an offender it can tell if you know that they're a bad guy. So if you're living in your little bumble and you're kind of just like, uh, you know, everything's good, every everybody's happy, that's when tragedy does strike.
1: Yeah, absolutely. They they prey upon you know, that ignorance is bliss mentality. So the fact that you don't act like it's a, an issue doesn't mean it's not, it's just makes you a little bit more vulnerable. And you, you made a great point. The, the, the knowledge gives you the confidence and that confidence allows you to carry yourself and you naturally carry yourself differently with, you know, the, the head up, the shoulders back, you just give off an air and an aura, which will establish kind of a uh, invisible boundary, if you will, that um, gives you just a little bit of an edge than maybe the next person that hasn't taken the time to think about it.
0: Yeah. And if you think of your body as a house and if a burglar or a robber, anybody's going to come up to a house and they see that there's a, a sticker on there that says 24 hour security and they see a camera, it's the same concept with your with your body. If the way you present yourself in the public is almost like having that 24 hour security like that sticker on your body. So yeah, definitely. I, I I can really see that.
1: Yeah. And, and, and I know in law enforcement, because I've, I've learned this through my research and and through my um, interviews and doing the book, they call it, they refer to it as the bump. So if you walk up to that house and you're like, Oh, I actually might be seen by the security and the surveillance. I'm going to go to the next house that doesn't have the sticker. Um, that's really what we want to think about is ourselves. if, if someone is going to perform a bad act and they are you know just kind of hell bent on it you just don't want the victim to be you so you want to bump them to the next and you know as crass as that might sound everybody has the opportunity to do these things this requires the things that we talk about in the book require no special training Um, they don't require any special license to do so you have that opportunity just like everyone else so take the opportunity to bump it away and and Hopefully, everybody else does the same thing, and so there won't be any. Everybody will be a hardened target, and they have no options.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, one thing about your book is you, you've taken a lot of different professionals, and you, and you use their input. How did, that, how did you go about meeting all these people, and what did they provide for the book?
1: Yeah, so I actually have a previous project that I did um, about 10 years ago, and it was a school safety documentary. And I used the Beslan Russia school siege as kind of my jumping point as this is a really bad incident that happened in in Beslan Russia. And here's what we learned through that. Let's take these Um, you know, opportunities to use the gift of time and and harden our schools as a target. So that was the project. It was a project on school security, anti-terrorism. And it was through that project that I met a lot of the subject matter experts that I went back to and interviewed for the book. And, you know, this community, you and I were kind of talking about this before, is so, connected and they're so helpful and everyone is so willing to make connections that every time I did an interview I would have someone say oh you really need to talk to this person and this person so that's really where I made the network of um, connections for both the documentary and the book it's just an incredibly helpful um, supportive community of of people helping one another so um, and then I would just take their best practices and I would give them scenarios and they would give me scenarios and that's where I would pick, you know, something. What, what I'd really like people to know is that, you know, it is kind of targeted to women. It's, it's nothing that, you know, it's specific to women, but I did take the things that if I was doing an interview and they were giving me some things that I'm like the average person probably without special training, isn't going to be able to perform that. I would kind of leave that out. And the, the things that, literally required no special training. There were more awareness things and more just adjustments in daily habits. So um, that's kind of where a lot of the content came from is um, just doing these back and forth kind of scenarios, if you will.
0: And, you know, that's an important point too, is a lot of people don't realize that if you're not training and you're not used to this stuff and you do it once, it doesn't mean you're going to be a pro at it. So find right. find something out there, or or find something that's just kind of like like muscle memory, or or just something that, you know you could just do without thinking.
1: Yeah, and we talk a lot about in the book about just making it a habit. So I mean, one of the habits, and it's interesting that this is one that gets a lot of conversation around when I do my presentations, is get in the habit of parking under a parking lot lights, whether it's day or night if you've got your driver's permit child in the car, get in the habit of parking under the light so that when you do go into a building and it's light out but you come out and it's dark, you're just naturally walking toward a lit area. And if you know the profile of a predator, they like to operate under the cover of darkness they need the element of surprise they want the quick and easy they're you know usually pretty lazy so they don't want to put up a lot of fight for the act they're going to commit so if you're walking towards light and somebody else coming out behind you is walking into darkness because they didn't park under the light then you might that actually might in its own right just be a bump like that person I'm going to be exposed if I, you know, try to take that person's purse. So I'm going to go for the person who parked in the middle of the darkness. So, I mean, this is an example. That's really how simple these things are. But you just have to be thinking about it. And we just do so many things in our daily lives without thinking about it.
0: Well, you have to be conscious about it. And that's, if you, like, and that's the thing is if you read it, you see it, it's stuck in your memory. So you, and you, you start practicing that. So yeah. every time you go to the mall, it just becomes second nature. And
1: and again, when you, when you arm your kids with this stuff too, you know, if you have kids and you're getting ready to send them off to college or they're becoming young professionals, knowing that you have really embedded these good practices and habits in your kids makes it a lot easier for you to feel more comfortable or you're never comfortable as a parent, but at least, you know, you've armed them with some foundation and that hopefully because you've modeled this and you've, you know, taught them to do it, you know, okay, I'm I'm not with them, but I know they're practicing safe habits and vigilance as much as they can. So it's a little bit, you know, personal too, for peace of mind that you embed this stuff in your kids.
0: I agree with that completely. And because, you know, you know, that's one of the things I kind of found you too, is like your documentary about kids, you know, and terrorism with kids. And that's kind of like, when you bring up your vigilance, transferring that over to your kids, I mean, that's that actually makes a lot of sense. Cause you know, it's not geared towards um, women in general, it's just geared towards, Hey, being pr- safe and practical.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I hope that everybody picks up on that, that this is not specifically for women, but we need to actually be called out on it because it's something that if you don't bring it to their attention, we just probably on our own aren't going to talk about it because we don't like to think of anything bad happening. And we don't, you know, we really, as women, and especially I grew up in the Midwest where I'm taught to be nice to everyone and to not make people feel bad and don't offend. Those rules are kind of off the table when you are by yourself. You, you don't need necessarily more friends in the moment. Um, you don't have to always be nice, especially if it's going against, an alarm bell that's going off in your head from your, you know, fight or flight. It is not necessary to ignore that. It is okay to act on it, and I think we as women need to have that reminder that, um, you know, y- you don't have to worry about shielding everyone's feelings. And, and I, true, I, I found myself in that situation often when I was by myself, where. I would be like, oh, this is getting a little bit uncomfortable, but I don't want to make this person feel bad, so I'm not going to say anything, but I allowed myself to stay in this really uncomfortable situation and not necessarily knowing how it was going to end, and that is, again, one of the reasons I wanted to write it. You don't have to do that.
0: No, it's your right to keep safe, and if something does give you like the EBGBs or whatever they call that, you have to do something about it. And, that's, and most yeah.
1: often people are understanding. Like if you pull a false alarm and you're like, you know, I'm really sorry, I overreacted. The person, if they had no bad intentions, is going to be, oh, hey, you know what, I completely understand. It's the person that, you know, maybe had was going in a, in a wrong direction is the one that one might be offended and who cares for one, or they're going to just go away, which is mission accomplished. So you know, I, I think we, again, need to get over the fact that we're going to offend someone because the rational person is going to appreciate the fact that you were, um, you know, worrying about these alarms that were going off.
0: Yeah, they're going to be, and you're right, they will understand if they're a rational person, and if they right. don't, then you kind of have to, you know, your radar should go up as well. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, not only did the vigilance book catch you on my radar, it was a documentary, you know, as I was reading up on, you know, before you became a guest, you did a documentary called Terror in American Schools, Are Your Kids Safe? How did you get involved with that?
1: So I um, was working full time um, at a corporate job and I was at events in media and there was a local uh, group that was an anti-terrorism group and they were doing an anti-terrorism conference and it was law enforcement military, first responders. And I just took a couple days off to help them do media so the first day was a lot of tactical things that I think are very cool. It had zero to do with me, but the second day was um, a speaker that talked about the Beslan Russia school siege. And again, I, they were talking about tactical things that they learned and how to respond, and you know, um, signals that had been going off. And I was sitting there as a parent, thinking, what are we doing as parents to help, you know, law enforcement fortify our schools? and I left that conference, and it was really horrific video, to be honest, I mean, it was very raw video, and because the audience, you know, they were used to seeing that stuff, I probably wasn't as much, and it really burned in my brain, and I was like, well, what are we doing to to make sure this doesn't happen, and it was just a nagging feeling I could not get rid of, and so you know, when you're thinking about a national issue, how does Shelley Klingerman in Indiana do anything to affect this? But when you get down to the core, and I think it's really where the, the start of the book came to, if you make it personal and you only worry about your kid's school and not wanting something like this to happen at your kid's school, that's much more manageable and that's much easier to get your arms around. But if everybody worried about their own school, you would fortify the school as a whole, you would fortify the community, and then the country, so um, that's kind, it was just a very nagging feeling that wouldn't go away, and I reached back out to the keynote, and said, I feel like I have to do something, I have zero experience in production, I have no background in this, but I, as a parent, want to get this message out, and that is truly where that project was born, and again, going back to how amazing this a community of people who spend their life to protect the the civilians, they all came together and said the same thing. I, I went back to the keynote. I scheduled an interview with him, and then he just introduced me to some more people. After those interviews, they introduced me, and that's really how the documentary came about. So it was the need to get a message out and then the support of the community that spends their life protecting others.
0: And that's the thing about it. We keep mentioning the community and, you know, you don't have to be an LEO. You don't have to be a veteran. You don't have to be military. You don't have to be a first responder, anything. I mean, you're a mother and you're looking at it from that aspect. And then you could do something to make a change. And not only did that documentary do that for you, it also, you know, later on, you wrote a book to help other people out. So it's it's just all about helping others. So it's very, very, very um, impressive. Thank you. So what is next?
1: What is next? So, you know, the book released in, in April, so it's fairly new out on the market. I've had the absolute privilege to be invited in to speak at different types of conferences. You know, it's interesting that, Safety is at the foundation of our, you know, Maslow hierarchy of needs. So it crossed, you know, um, different industries and different individuals. So I have been approached by healthcare, realtors, corporate, universities. um, And through this, it's um, been expressed and I need to bring the content to life. So rather than having it in book form and just delivering it, because you can't be everywhere at once. My, you know, future of this is maybe bringing some of these um, lessons, and some of these tips and tricks and tactics to life, maybe in videos, um, maybe in some blogs, um, blogs, blog, podcasts. So I'm, I'm kind of exploring that right now, but um, still absolutely loving the opportunity to go in and speak to people and have conversations. I was in New York City um, just last week and it's really interesting the learning and the community comes from people sharing their experiences so and it's even after the presentation where people will come up and say you know what I have a I have a story I'd like to share with you. So um, to answer your question that there's just I'm not a hundred percent sure where I'm going <laughs> to take it if there's opportunities and there's it's validating that there is interest in. You know, I don't, I think you've written a book too, um, but there's nothing more terrifying than spending all of this time and energy and effort into doing this. And then just really not knowing if, if anybody cares and if there's interest. And so what's just been so relieving for me is um, having people say, thank you for doing this. I think, too, a niche that I'm hitting is it's often men talking to women about safety. And I think women appreciate sometimes a female just maybe introducing it and then bringing in um, somebody that has a deeper knowledge to dive into a specific topic. But making that connection up front with, okay, I'm a female telling you, you can do this stuff. There is no special training. I can do it. You can do it. I'm not specially trained in anything. So I think that's been a niche too.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head right there is having a female perspective. And you know, you said you wanted like the podcast thing and you're unsure about the book, but you know, one thing I always looked at it like after I wrote the book is if if I could affect one person, two people, and it sounds kind of cliche, but it's the truth because I always look at things as a ripple effect. You know, if you're going to help one person, if they help another person, if they help another person, and that's kind of this whole philosophy, of these podcasts and everything that go with it. So you have a, you know, the world is yours. I mean, it's the truth.
1: Yeah. Thank you.
0: It's a big world. (laughs) It is. And there's so much, there's so much out there to do too. I mean, and there's so many people that are going to help. That's the great thing about, you know, podcasts and books, and there's just a very good network. We were talking about that before we started recording, so tons. Yeah, and I
1: think the other interesting thing that I had um, that was brought to my attention last week is that a number of men came up to me and said, you know, I have to be honest, I never thought about some of the things that you presented that women have to think about. So it's been really interesting. Um, So I think one of the statistics that we were talking about is like when women book travel, especially for work, you know, we think about, okay, what time am I going to land? Where is my hotel located? Once I'm in my hotel, will I go out again? Um, it, the, the thought of safety sometimes will even affect their job performance when they are traveling because they don't feel 100% secure. Maybe some of the people they're on the ground working with are giving them, you know, a weird vibe. So we were just talking about some of those statistics and, and how common it is. And I had at least four men come up to me after that presentation and say, I'm just gonna be very honest, I never think about those things. So it's been interesting to be able to put um, one another in different shoes. So you can see it from the perspective that um, we're coming from. And, and we can see like it's complete innocence sometimes and just um, uh, uh, ignorance and by the definition, they sometimes people just don't even think about what you're experiencing, or what's going through your head, and I've also had men say, "I totally get it." And if I'm walking up on some uh, a female who's walking by themselves, I will either talk loud on my phone so they know that I'm behind them, and they don't get the sense that I'm trying to sneak up on them. I've had some say they'll cross the road so that you know they just eliminate the uncomfortable because again, as women, we're not going to turn around because we don't want to hurt your feelings to think that you know, we suspect something. So it's been the conversation um, that way has been really interesting too.
0: Ned, you know, you're bringing up a, a lot of great points that kind of resonate. So yes, you know, looking at it from like a male perspective, female perspective and everything. So yeah, and
1: it's just trying to get everybody to get, you know, see it from the other person's shoes. Like sometimes maybe men don't cross that line intentionally. They just really are not even realizing that it is. And women um, aren't trying to be, you know, rude or bitchy. It's just that we feel um, uncomfortable. So it's not necessarily personal. It's just, a, a, you know, our vibes go off. And it's because we kind of have to be on alert for things that aren't, aren't vulnerabilities or threats to the average um, man. And this is not about, you know, attacking men. It's just, again, seeing it from the other person's perspective so that you understand.
0: No, and that makes a, a ton of sense, especially coming from a male. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, there's just a lot of things I just don't think about, you know, cause I'm always just assuming that everybody's on the same wavelength and they kind of have the same experiences and they, they see life. And that's the reason you do podcasts, you do books, and you do media, just kind of to get your experience into other people's hands. And that's, I, I give you, I commend you for that. Thank you. Well, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, it's quick, it's weird how time flies when you're having conversations. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, well, thank
1: yeah. you so much for the opportunity.
0: Now, where can we find you on social media? You have a website, so if you wanted to talk about that.
1: Yeah, so um, I have an agency, it's stilettoagency.com is where you can find information about what we do as an agency and and you know the training and the and the other service offerings that we do. You can purchase the book either on the website or it's available on Amazon. Um, you know, I'm on Facebook. I know everybody's maybe not on Facebook, but under Stiletto Agency, or um, you can connect with me directly on LinkedIn. I invite that as well. Um, So there's all kinds of ways that we can connect. And I'm always looking for people to share stories. I love to have um, new content, new stories to share, always wanting to expand that library. And also as we do start to think about how do we maybe take the next step, I would love to have these connections that I can maybe call and and get firsthand accounts of things that have happened and outcomes and what they did in that moment and what they wish they would have done and wish they would have known. So just trying to start building the, the network, but the book is um, again, available on Amazon.
0: Well, I am definitely going to link out to everything I know um, to everybody I know, podcasts, media, everything. So thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you so much for having me.